Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. It's nice to get out and about to, uh, to meet real people in the flesh. And that makes me very happy. Today, I received a lovely email recently from today's guest. And I'm like, well, let's just get her on the show. Laura, thank you for coming on the show. I want you to introduce yourself. Tell me who you are, how the hell you found me. And while we're sitting in this very trendy cafe. So I'm Laura Holden and my company is Holden Bespoke and I do wedding planning and styling. And I've been doing it a few years now, a couple of years. And generally I've been in events for quite some time now, for about five years. But weddings was what I always wanted to do, to work closely with couples and, you know, go through that emotional process with them and, and make it really personal, stylish and basically really beautiful. Um, and I found you, you know, I don't even know. I think probably because I think we're both part of the London Wedding Club and you were posting on there. It was when you were having your last rebrand and I thought, you know what? I should check this out. And I've been an avid listener for some time now and you do such great interviews. Oh, well, thank you. And now I get to do one with you. And that makes me happy. (laughs) It makes me happy too. I'm really excited to be here. It's so nice to actually see you and meet you and talk to you and, you know, put a face to the name and, yeah. I do have a face. You do have a face. And it's a beautiful one too. Oh, cheers. Thank you. (laughs) Face for radio, as my father would... He wouldn't say that, actually. That's a really mean (laughs) thing to say. Hey, so, um, look, there's lots to ask, but you are also a bride chiller. I totally am, Brad Chiller. Yeah, we're getting married uh, next year. My lovely fiancé popped the question uh, um, in September last year. So we'll have had a two-year engagement, but we need that time because there's a lot of pressure on me to deliver as a wedding planner and a bride. People are expecting big things, so... We need that time to get our shit together, basically. Yeah, I like the get the shit together time. Uh, I think that should be the title of your book, Get My Shit Together. <laughs> How to plan a wedding by wedding planner. Because I've talked to lots of wedding planners who happen to be engaged or who have just gotten married, and they always say, well, I, this was a nightmarish because there was so much pressure and expectation, let alone attached to what you would get without that sort of uh, you know, career choice. Did you just feel like sometimes going, mm, I'm not going to bother? Because I know there are some wedding planners that are still engaged that go, oh, forget it, I'm out. <laughs> well, I think we're in a bit too deep for that point at the moment. Because um, actually, even though I say we need all this time, a lot of it, or the big things were planned straight away. Because, you know, being in the industry, you know people, you're friends with people. And as soon as we got engaged, we had so many lovely, you know, emails and contacts with people saying, oh, it's so exciting, you know. And there were people that I know I wanted to work with immediately. So we've got a lot of the big stuff planned. But we did have a moment last week because, you know, we're a young couple and budgets are tight and you have to move things around and try and fit everything in desperately. (laughs) Um, And we had a moment the other day we were looking at hair and makeup budget and we're trying to shift things around. I got my quote in and it was like, can we afford this? Because I'm having five bridesmaids and then my mum wants her hair done and my grandma wants her hair done. So, you know, that's that's like a whole tribe of people to have their hair and makeup done in the morning. And also in the UK, you would be paying for that. Well, yeah, this is the tricky thing um, because, you know, we're, we're all very modern and we've asked our bridesmaids to pay for their dresses because we want them to have dresses that they love and will wear again. So we we made that decision and... 
our lovely bridesmaids are all really happy with that, which is amazing. But we're trying to fit in the hair and makeup within our budget because we want to, yeah, do something for our, for bridesmaids. Tell me with the bridesmaids' dresses, there is, and I want to say to the people listening, my bride chillers and groom chillers, we've got lots of topics to cover today. This is quite broad but informative. But I've got just personal questions I'm just interested in now. Um, what do you, when you say you wanted to give your bridesmaids choices, what did you do with the dresses? So at the moment, we haven't decided. A few weeks ago, I found these dresses on ASOS and I was like, oh my God, I love them, I love them. And I ordered probably like 50 different dresses all all in different sizes for the bridesmaids and there were three different styles of dress and they were really pretty they were like a pinky beigey color and they had sequins on them and they were modern and they were pretty and they arrived and I got all my bridesmaids around to the house apart from one of them who's in America and I had them all try them on and they all looked great and I went yeah yeah this is this is great and then they all went home and I thought no no it's not great this isn't what I want at all and I had a complete 180 sent all the dresses back and said girls really sorry like I just don't think these are the right dresses why they were just too boring in the end for for us because you know we want something that's vibrant and modern and fun and they weren't modern enough. They were a bit too bridesmaidy. Did they have big puffy sleeves? Were they pink? Were they fluoro? What was going on? Oh, of course not. <laughs> they were just too pretty and too. That that sounds awful, doesn't it? Because obviously, proper. I want were they girls. proper? Yeah, and they were too. They were they were all part of the same collection, so they were too matchy matchy in a way. Um, and they were really nice, and the girls looked nice in them. But they, I could tell they didn't feel like themselves, like their personalities weren't coming out. It was just a dress that I'd chosen. Laura, nice is a fuck-off word. I don't give a shit about nice. No. Nice is boring. Nice is like, mm, that's nice. And that's like saying, mm, I'm bored out of my breath. Not, I'm not imitating you, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Laura's looking at me like, huh? Huh? What is she doing? But you know what I mean? Like, I find the word nice mildly offensive, and I'm glad that you went, no, that's not for me. And my fiancé actually was really helpful with that because, you know, he'd seen the dresses and he was like, yeah, they're, they're nice, but I didn't think you wanted nice. I thought you wanted something that was a bit cool, that the girls had a bit more personality. And, you know, my friends, they're, they're really stylish, and I want that to be part of our day. I don't want them to all stand there in a line looking the same. I want them to match on a sort of scale. I don't want them to all wear completely different things. I want them to stand out as bridesmaids, and that's the route we're working towards now. Um, So we're working more towards a colour and texture now um, than anything. But I did like your idea about the ASOS thing, and that is a good way to get things out of your system because, I don't know, if people aren't ASOS users, some people may not be. I do believe ASOS is in America. Yeah, it is. Yeah. My American bridesmaid was actually able to order the same dress and Terrific. try it on, which is amazing. And that, you know, that worked incredibly well. Um, but the, it just turned out in the end, those dresses weren't for us. It was a no-go. So if, if, if you want to have a crack at just trying a bunch of dresses on, I mean, you've got to pay for them, obviously, but then they refund you the money as soon as you pop them back in the bag. I know ASOS is definitely in Australia and Canada as well. So, I mean, that is a good suggestion if you want to have a crack at just ordering five or six different varieties, maybe ten or a hundred, I don't care. Um, it's a good way to just to see different styles and then choose or send them back. Yeah, it was amazing. Although the lady in the shop where I returned them thought I was absolutely mental bringing in... Because, honestly, I must have... We ordered like a thousand pounds worth of dresses. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, because it was three different styles and then I bought them in the three different styles for each of the five 
people in a couple of sizes. So, you know, yeah, it was a lot of dresses, and the, the person in the shop was not happy with me. She said, can you pack them into smaller bags next time? And I was like, well, these were the bags they came in, so... Oh, shove it, shove it, woman. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't impressed with her. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Do your job. Be quiet. Politely. <laughs> Bridge Hillary. Um, okay, well, look, you... So, with your work, I love that you are... Uh, as you said, stylish, modern, minimalist, I would say, in some ways. Would that would that sum up your stuff? Definitely, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of focus on the elements that are there, um, but not overusing different elements because there's still so many trends that are out there that people love, that are fantastic and right for some people, but my aesthetic is very much that kind of pared-back minimalist, making the focus on something, you know, really amazing elements that are... You know, tableware, a lot of tableware I use and a lot of backdrops and stuff and flowers as well. Flowers are a big part of, you know, the way that I work. But yeah, I mean, the modern aesthetic is just so great because you can get such bright, bold contrast with all the different things that are out there now. And there's a lot of styles coming over from America, which is fantastic, except that a lot of them you can't get in the UK at the moment, which makes life tricky, which, um, it's always interesting because we have to come up with ways of making things that people have seen or had ideas about and that I have ideas of. Um, and, f- you know, for our wedding, we're going to be sourcing a lot of furniture because we can't find the stuff that we want. It's all very vintage and nice, but I'm over bunting. I'm over... Gee, bunting's really cracked a bit of a, a bad case. I had uh, Louise from Be Loved on recently and she was saying, oh, I hate bunting. She doesn't speak like that, uh, but she's quite lovely and I was like oh wow I didn't realize bunting was now on the outs with the designers and the wedding planners Jesus I bloody hate bunting wow (laughs) you've heard it here yeah (laughs) I think I have a section on my website that that says things that are on my shit list at the moment oh what else is on your shit list Um, Elvis impersonators chair covers hotel carpets uh, bunting is is one of those things. Yeah, uh, sweet carts as well. I'm not a fan of sweet carts. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Well, firstly, one of my most popular Instagram posts because I always sort of put in my copy when I'm promoting the podcast is fuck fuck fair chair covers. Can't even say it because I don't care for them. They're a waste of money and they look god awful. You know, I was actually equating chair covers, especially the the stretchy ones that look like the latexy stretchy ones. They remind me of that Borat swimsuit. <laughs> Completely. Just stretched over an ill-fitting man's podgy body. And it's so awful, aren't they? I just don't understand why venues just don't invest in nice chairs up front. Get better chairs. Some of them do, and some of them have caught on to that now. But, I mean, if people are hiring chair covers anyway, I just don't see why they don't put the budget into hiring a nicer chair, because there are some reasonable options out there um, that can make a really big difference to how the styling of your reception or your ceremony looks. Just get a plain, simple wooden chair. I'm not saying you have to go out and buy the chair, but to be honest, venues, if you're listening and you've got some shitty plastic chairs that are covered in Borat-style revolting latex, shiny, I don't like shine, shiny chair covers, that then people decide they look ugly so they're going to stick a bow on it, which makes it look even uglier, like someone literally threw up latex bows. Just go and sell all the shitty chairs, buy some simple chairs. That's our advice to you. It's super old-fashioned, really, I think, and just people don't really want it anymore but sometimes people need them because their chairs in the venue are so awful but there are other options like hiring in just different chairs and like I say that that can actually be quite reasonable 
Yeah. Yeah, I know when we were planning our wedding, our venue ended up having lots of... Actually, they had a big storage sort of area away that we went in on the day, the day before our wedding and just found all these old sort of formica... This is probably not a word anyone understands. In Australia, like the old sort of 60s chairs. Yeah. They had mismatched, but they actually looked, when you put them all together, you're like, great. I love mid-century modern. That's like my... That's my stuff. That's the whole house we got married in was mid-century modern. And uh, we were like, oh, my God, it's just steal all these chairs because they were fucking delicious. But some people would have looked at those and gone, I don't want mismatched. But for us, that totally suited our theme and we were... We are the mismatched couple, so it worked for us. Oh, definitely. No, I, I love mid-century modern. That's definitely an aesthetic that I love and my fiancé loves and we sort of have as part of the brand. But it's it's making its way into homeware at the moment. You can see a lot of mid-century modern influence styles coming through homeware, so it will translate into weddings in the next you know couple of years, I think. But uh, I'm a big Nordic fan. Oh, God, yeah. Anything Nordic. And then with Nordic, we realised we've travelled to Iceland and Sweden recently. We're really taking advantage of living in Europe at the moment. And uh, every, every time we travel to these countries, I'm like, I'm going to buy something. And then it's like, no, because I want to pay my rent because it's so fucking expensive. Yeah, it really is. We we have um, some items that we've been collecting that are sort of mid-century modern. Um, maybe we'll use them in our wedding, but we have plans for them. One of them is gorgeous. It's a It's a... Uh, armchair and I really want to use it in our living room but we don't have a place for it at the moment but store it yeah it, we are storing it at the moment we have a big storage thing in our back garden so um yeah watch that space what we will we will <laughs> now listen let's talk about uh when you pitched when you wrote to me you pitched lots of different ideas for topics to talk about and I love them all and I want to sort of touch on quite a few of them so we're going to do like a mad 15 minutes of amazing stuff but what we're going to do first is go for a magic break. How do you feel about that? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, support my sponsors, please, people. I said that in, like, threatening, but it is a way to help thank me and thank Laura at the same time. You are listening to, I'm going to say, the Bride Chiller podcast now because that's what we're becoming. You might have known me as Save the Date. Now it's Bride Chiller. More after this. We are going to cover a lot of shit coming up. I'm really excited. The first thing you pitched to me, Laura, was talking about pinnable weddings. And I know this is a really big talk topic between my listeners and lots of guests I've had on the past. People are either really pro-Pinterest or really against. And I always love talking to wedding planners, designers, stylists about their feelings because I know it's something you guys use a lot, but also it can cause you a lot of shit. Yeah. Pinterest is really difficult because, like I said, you know, there's so much stuff that comes from... In fact, Australia is super leading the market at the moment, I think. Good on us. Weddings, yeah. We, there's all this stuff coming from Australia and America, and people go, oh, my God, I love that. Can we do that? That's amazing. Um, but you just can't get the stuff over here. And there are markets developing, like Etsy and Not on the High Street, where small traders are starting to develop some of those stylish products that are a bit more interesting, and people feel like they have a, a little bit more personality that they can inject into their day but for me the biggest problem with pinterest is people just want to copy it all the time and so that's the biggest challenge i think because i was talking to one of my friends the other day who's a florist and we were talking about you know people feel like they're limited to things that they see and can copy and they don't sort of think for themselves and think of new ideas and things about how they could make it more personal or edit it or change it to make it more unique or more them um and I think that people don't realise that you don't have to 
sort of copy everyone's ideas. You can you can take them and make them your own. But I don't know. With me and Pinterest, what I usually do is I tell people to talk me through it and tell me what they like about an image rather than, you know, why did you pin it? Did you like the colour? Did you like the texture? Did you like the exact piece of furniture? Did you like the style of script on the invitation? What was it about the image that you liked? See, that's a good point to delve a little deeper because I think um, on the weekend, we, well, a few weekends ago, we travelled with my cousin Belinda to... Iceland, and we talked, they're getting married, her and her fiancé, and I went through her Pinterest boards, and I was asking similar questions about, uh, you know, why she'd chosen certain photographs, and they were struggling with, they're getting married in Hawaii, you guys are going to hear lots from her, um, but they have a pineapple theme, which I quite like, which I thought was quite cute, but she's also like, fuck, I don't know, and she literally says on the podcast, fuck, I have no idea what the wedding planner's like, hey, what's your theme? And she's like, I don't know, marriage, weddings. And uh, eventually they come up with this pineapple thing and they've had a lot of fun with it. But also she said, I don't want it to become the pineapple wedding. So it was good to talk to her about these sort of little details without it becoming a pineapple show. Uh, Yeah, so it's interesting you say that, questioning why you like a certain thing. Because I don't really like the word theme. I try and stay away from that. I don't like the word palette either because I think people can use more colours than three and people go, oh, well, we're using blue, pink and grey and that's it. We we know other colours and like black, white, you know, you need other contrasts in there for me anyway. Um, And you can work with a whole breadth of colours as long as they all tie in in some way. Um, What happens when someone comes to you and they say, I'm just trying to think of, see, I love really loud, bold colours. And sometimes, especially with homewares and aesthetics, Rich has got to go, listen, sweetheart, tone it down. It's not a fucking circus. Uh, But (laughs) what if someone comes to you and says, I want electric orange and teal and she's wearing, no, I love orange. Laura's just pointing at her cardigan, which is a gorgeous (laughs) orange. Uh, More of an amber, I would say. But if they're coming with really crazy, extreme ideas, do you go, well, that's my client, I would encourage them to do this, or do you go, hey, think about it? Um, it really depends on whether it would work or not, because I love bright, bold colours too. I've done a few shoots recently where I've tried to make use of that to show people how you can use bright colours and how amazing they can be in that setting. My fiancé actually came um, to help with one of the shoots. He did some video behind the scenes and things like that. And he was like, it was just so standout. It was just so interesting and unusual. You see so many pastel colours in weddings because it's traditional and people like that. And people want pretty and, you know, nice in some ways. But, yeah, making a statement and using bold colours, as you can see, I'm wearing, like, a neon dress too. She's looking gorgeous. I really love bold colours. So I think it's definitely the way forward people are embracing it a lot more especially at the moment there's a huge kind of tropical feel going around and people are really into the kind of pineapples and the contrast of the big green leaves with new and different types of flowers in in lots of bright bold colors rather than you know roses and things like that the roses and the hydrangeas and pastel colors will always stay around because they're beautiful and elegant and timeless um but i think at the moment there's this real wave of energy towards people embracing their own personalities and I think colour is a big part of that. Yeah, and I mean, colour is something that is, will never, I mean, I say colour will never go to fashion. That's the wankiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> like, truly delete that shit. But I mean, the fact that you, if you want, you know, something bright and, and sassy and sexy, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to regret that. No, definitely not. And I was listening to a video this morning I found somewhere and, and it was saying how um, 
marriage can never be feminist at all and like feminists shouldn't get married Boo. I know actually I, I really didn't like that video because it said oh and people get married in white dresses oh and people get given away by their fathers and I thought you know I see so much where that's not the case people are really embracing coloured wedding dresses people are embracing completely different styles of wedding dresses you know we've got high-low hems and two-piece wedding dresses that are amazing and people getting married in all colours under the sun like the kind of blue grey trend is really in at the moment and there's been a wave at bridal markets of, of floral wedding dresses as oh, well. I love those. Incredible like I couldn't love them anymore and people aren't being given away by their fathers. You know we, we've had a discussion about that and we don't want anywhere the words to be like given away I want to make a, a walk towards the person that I love and I think it will be with my mum and dad and that's just a choice that I'm making. I don't I don't like the wording given away, and I, d- I think people are moving away from that. People are making their own surnames. They're you know doing this whole mashup thing where you take half of one surname and half of another. And people are making their own traditions and styles and things like that. So I don't think I don't think weddings are seen in the same way anymore. And I think that person who made the video was was looking at stereotypical things that people are actually moving away from. I did an episode recently with The Feminist Bride and uh, she's a great blogger, talks a lot about traditions and it got so much positive feedback from people, mostly saying, and we weren't, you know, I I feel like we need to, um, as marriage and weddings, we talk about it, you know, we're expanding our horizons and adding personal touches and also I think the feminist sort of principles is having the choice to do whatever the hell you want to do and the equality behind the day. So, you know, like you're saying, having your mum and dad walk you down the aisle or, you know, making choices that aren't necessarily based on a tradition that's not relevant to you anymore. So I think when people create videos, I'd be interested to watch this. It's like, well, let's 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 inject a bit of choice into it. Your choice as a feminist is to make it whatever the hell you want to do. You don't have to necessarily follow these traditions. So I'm, I'm so happy that we're all embracing this stuff, but not necessarily necessarily getting angry about it no um like my mum has been amazing about it because you know I was telling you before I'm an only child and she you know there's a lot emotionally invested in her for, for our wedding and you know she had a lot of ideas and she kept telling me you should do this or you should do this and we just had this discussion and I was like you know mum I I don't have to do this and she she was really against the idea for example of mismatched bridesmaid dresses But actually, when I sat down and talked to her about it and I showed her what I was talking about and how it could work and how it would work for us and how it fitted the theme and worked with the style of everything we're going for, I just said theme. Oh, that's terrible. Come on, mate. I hate the word. Come on, mate. (laughs) But, um, yeah, she, she then sort of turned around and was like, actually, you know, that could really work and I see how it fits as part of the larger hole um and the the feel of the day you're going for the sort of vibe and she yeah she there were a lot of coulds woulds and shoulds and they've they've changed do you think though i think with parents and it's been really great doing this podcast and talking to a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds as well where they are saying oh it's just a matter of with the older generation the ogs that they basically need to see this stuff. And like you said, to give your mum examples and to say, this is why we're doing this. It doesn't have to be because it's just because we've already always done it this way. When you give them examples calmly, quietly, ease them into it, they usually say, oh, yeah, I'll see it. 
completely. And once my mum understand understood what I was going for, it was really interesting. I got an I got a text message at like two a.m. one night, and she for some reason had been browsing Sami Pretty and had found this wedding, and she was like. I can see it. I can see your wedding. I can see how it all works. Because she'd seen something, you know, in a similar style venue. We're getting married in a, in a modern venue. And they had mismatched bridesmaid dresses and they had little style touches and the, the florals were similar to what I described. And of course, you know, our wedding won't look exactly like that because no weddings look the same. But in terms of style and influence, I could completely see where she was coming from. And she was so excited. And Mama was up at 2 a.m. I know, what the hell? <laughs> cruising the internet at 2am, going, yep, yeah, I found it, I'm, I've connected, it's fine, I've done it, okay, I get it. But she was so happy after that because she could see as a whole how it worked. And yeah, it was different probably from what she'd imagined for me um, all those years growing up. But she then saw me in that wedding and thought, now I understand, that's, that's Laura and Alan's wedding, that's them and that's how it will manifests on the day so yeah she was totally chill with it after that that's great and i think for people listening who are struggling with parentals getting shit that's a good good way to do it ease them in send them some bloody well i'd say get them on a pinterest board but that might be overwhelming them don't give them too many options because like i wonder i would like to actually set my dad up on pinterest and see if his head explodes you should be careful with that though because i find when you introduce people to pinterest they go a bit crazy um because yeah there are some people who i know who'd never had pinterest and then i introduced them to it and now i really regret it because i get notifications every time they post to boards and it's like ping 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 all the time people love pinning once they once they get the bug you can't stop people pinning I introduced my father to YouTube a few <laughs> years ago. Now, he is not a tech guy. I've probably talked about this too much now. He's a mechanic. He can put a bloody engine together and pull it apart blindfolded. But when you put a computer in front of him, it's crisis mode. And so I showed him YouTube and then, and he loves music. And a couple of weeks later, he said, you know, I can look up any bloody song. I can just listen to it. I'm like, yeah, no shit, Dad. It's there's literally anything you want to see is on YouTube. So it was like opening Pandora's box, but then he gets stuck and he can't find things again. And you know, but I was delighted that he's like, oh, I can watch Fleetwood Mac as much as I want. I'm like, yeah, you've also got them on CD. You can just put the CD on. But he likes to see them. It was very delightful. But I think Pinterest might be a step too far. Yeah, see, I love, I have a love-hate relationship with YouTube. My other half absolutely loves YouTube and he watches everything from tutorials to, you know, just general bloggers and he's, you know, looking at developing video at the moment. And so it's an amazing tool for that because he follows bloggers who make video, he follows people who show you how to make video and things like that. And that's amazing. It's an incredible tool. Um, I'd like to see it used more for weddings. I, I don't think it's being utilised to the full at the moment. Well, let's talk about that because I would like to do some video. I'd like to expand my options. Considering I come from a television background, hilariously I should be doing a lot more video. Where is the time, I ask myself. But what would you like to be seeing as, well, a bride chiller but also as a wedding planner? How would you utilise it more? I think sort of, yeah, doing online styling I don't know because it's difficult because you have to have all the tools in one place to do things like that and you have to have spaces and setups and that's mostly why I do style shoots because you know once you've got the venue you can bring in whatever you can dream of basically most of the time obviously there are some restrictions with some venues but um 
Yeah, I always like, I always love seeing sort of behind the scenes videos and seeing how people work because I think people don't understand fully what goes into, you know, weddings and for all the different suppliers. People always talk about the cost and there's, you know, that whole question about, oh, do people just stick a zero on when they hear it's a wedding? And that, that sort of seems to go around all the time. But I think when you see actually what goes in behind the scenes to the setup of a wedding, you can see so much that's going on and the work that's going, you know, the florist is blowing the petals gently open and, you know, to make sure the flower's in the right bloom at the right time and making sure... I didn't even know what that meant. Just when you said it, I just went to a special place of going, what are they doing? <laughs> I know, we did. I did a shoot recently and, and Alan's been working on the video for it. And, you know, there's, there's a bit where Charlie, the florist, it's, you know, she's gently blowing one of the poppies open. She's peeling, like, the leaves to make sure it was at the right stage at the right time that it looked its most beautiful and... People don't see those tiny things that make up the whole, um, and that's why I think showing that behind-the-scenes process is really important. I think it's interesting. You mentioned styled shoots a few times, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily get what a styled shoot is, but that is actually what the most people are pinning on Pinterest. Um, and I've had a little bit to do with styled shoots, but just to see, as you said, the work behind those and also to replicate a styled shoot in a wedding environment is nigh on impossible for many people and it does develop this idea of saying here's some inspiration but then as you said to take it to a designer a wedding planner stylist and then say recreate that can be very expensive and really hard yeah and I I think you must work from a place of inspiration with style shoots because that that is what they're about they're not about copying every detail because yeah that that could completely get expensive but it's to show people different styles and how things could work things that people think might be a bit clashy or a bit um out there but actually they work in a setting really really well and i love doing style shoots and photographers love doing style shoots because you know you get this moment whereas on a wedding day there's so much going on you can't focus on the details and things like that you mostly focus on the couple of course you do focus on the detail to some extent but absolutely not in the same way um it's a moment of making sure something's styled to perfection which obviously as a wedding planner i do when i'm when i'm involved with weddings but um i just think it's yeah totally about the inspiration and showing people the possibilities especially for different venues because some people see a beautiful classic venue and they think oh you know bright bold florals wouldn't work in here or you know a tropical style would would, might look out of place because of the architecture but actually you can show how it can work and how you can style it and make an impact with little details as well especially with tables and tablescapes and table settings and you know how the florals and the and the tableware the glassware all work together with the stationery and things like that oh i love it just went to a lovely gorgeous place now tell me we're going to wind it up very soon but i want to ask you anything else i loved your shit list i want to steal that can i borrow your shit list (laughs) i think we should work on a shit list together fuck yeah (laughs) yeah no there there are just some things that are people are over now and I, for me as well, they just don't fit in with the sort of modern aesthetic of hold and bespoke, and it's not the sort of clients that I get either. Um, the clients that I tend to work with are young couples who are after something a bit more design-led, a bit more personality-filled, more vibrant, youthful, engaging, and overall more personal. I love that. Well, look, we're going to work on a shit list together. 
I'm going to try and think of things that shit me. Uh, I like just saying shit, really. Uh, but also, uh, look, I, I've so much enjoyed speaking with you and I really want to talk to you after your wedding. Now, that's a while away. When is that? Yeah, it's next year, next September. Well, we'll talk again before that. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Maybe we'll talk when you're in the new year and see where you're at coming out of, uh, you know, into the six, seven month countdown. Do you feel comfortable with where you're at with your own wedding planning? Uh, yeah, the one thing we're struggling with at the moment is our stationery because Alan is a master of all trades and he is amazing with design. He designed my website and things like oh, that. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, no, he's incredible. Um, like I said, you know, he just picks things up so quickly. He learns really quickly, completely differently to how I do. Um, but he's designing our stationery and going through the process from the design stage is something I've not done before. Usually I would work with a stationery designer and they would, you know, know their whole process. They would know their suppliers and things like that. So that's the one thing we're struggling with at the moment. But we are ages out yet. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We're going to send out a save the date at some point this year, <laughs> uh, whenever we get round to it, and then um, follow it up with the rest of the stationery next year. Well, at least you know the stationer and you can go, listen, I don't like that. And you can say that rudely and he'll still talk to you at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does. He always takes on board what I'm, talk- what I'm asking about. Um, maybe after a little while because sometimes he's like, oh, but we've got to change it again. And then he sort of falls in lo- out of love with it for a bit and then he picks it back up again. Oh, my God. Story of my life. <laughs> I've got an architect husband who's very design-oriented and we've just been doing the rebranding for Bride Chiller and Save the Date and we've got a lovely friend who's doing our graphic design and Rich will sit and look at the bloody thing for five hours and I'm like, fuck, just make a decision. We just need to work together to make a decision. It's hard when they've got that idea and I'm like quite quick to make a decision with things and I want to move on because I've got a hundred other things to do so I think it's a challenge go relationships yeah and it's great I mean because I've worked with a lot of designers as well who you know they present three options and those are the three options you're presented with and that's that's it that's it you know? it's over and then maybe you get a round of amends or whatever but that's how it works but with Alan you know we we both want to tweak different things so it's it's very much an ongoing process but I'm so glad that he's involved with absolutely every aspect of our wedding planning because being a wedding planner, I think it would be very easy for me to switch off and sort of go, oh, it's another wedding, this would look great, this would look great. But actually, having him involved in every single element is useful because it brings it back to me that it's our wedding and it's our planning process and we, should, we are doing this together and building not only a wedding, but for the future, you know, our life together. And You're a team. Yeah, it's a team. It's not, it's not about me. People keep saying, oh, you must have had everything planned out, ready to go, plans formed, and then he put the ring on your hand and you went home and sent out all those emails you'd already prepared. But, that, you know, that wasn't the case at all. It just turned out that he's a very big part of what I do as well, at wedding planning. And he knows some of the people that we were involved with and some of those people were the right fit for our wedding and that, that's how it worked. But we feel like we're in a good place at the moment. We've got... A few more big things to sort this year, and then after that, it's onto the exciting styling elements. That's pretty good because you know a good stylist. Well, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Hey, while we're here, give yourself a plug and tell people where they can look at your beautiful uh, Alan designed website and how we get in touch. Yeah, of course. So my website is holdenbespoke.com and you can go there. And every couple of weeks, we write blog posts about 
planning process and they're a little bit cheeky they're not a uh, standard wedding industry responses so. i will say that bride chillers and groom chillers who enjoy my sense of humor will enjoy your blog posts i've been having a little sneaky peek and they're great yeah i mean our last blog post is about um responses to people who aren't invited to your wedding and there's a political response and there's the response you'd like to send um so <laughs> that one was really fun to work on and there's lots more to come so you can go there, have a look at the blog, and I do on-the-day planning as well as full planning. So if people are working towards budgets, um, but they want some extra assistance in getting into a venue, particularly venues that are tricky, like warehouses or gardens or deconsecrated churches are a favourite of mine. Ooh. Old mills, things like that. But, you know, spaces that have very modern aesthetic, but maybe quite a lot of the time they don't have an in-house team that you can rely on to get everything done. Um, and that's, you know... That's a really good final point that you make, whether you were in the UK or in America or bloody Timbuktu. The, the idea is you will always be able to find a day of coordinator, even if you're like, I don't need a wedding planner. Make sure you try and look for someone that is going to be able to help you just hone in on those finite details that you might not be thinking about. And also you don't have to manage that shit on your own. Yeah, and I usually take over the process like six weeks before, so I become the point of contact for all your suppliers, so you don't have to spend the six weeks before your wedding fielding phone calls from the photographer going, which door do I go to and at exactly what time and what time are you starting to get ready? You know, I can help with all the timeline preparations, making sure all the styling and decor, if you have anything in mind, is all in place because quite often there's a lot of complaints from people who've worked really hard on DIY projects and then you know the special menus they'd made didn't get put out or or the confetti was in the wrong place you know nobody got to use it and that's just such a shame when people have worked so hard to inject some personality and detail into you know their own wedding get over the finish line pay the extra money and also it's not it's money that you'll be relieved I always say our biggest regret was not hiring someone to help us out and we were just lucky we had a very hands-on caterer who basically picked all our bits and pieces up and went all right quick we'll make it work but if we just had an extra couple of grand even probably less we would have been able to hire someone on the day to just run stuff and take that extra pressure off yeah no I think that's always really helpful particularly when you've got tricky venues I mean hotels are a bit different yeah they usually have teams but my sort of style works so well in in those kind of spaces that are modern and interesting and that people have picked because they wanted somewhere that was a bit unusual, but they come with their own challenges. So, Boy, oh boy, do they ever. I feel like that's a whole other podcast. We can do that. Thank you so much for your time, Laura, and I hope you have a fabulous day in your sassy, bright outfit. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch, visit thebridechiller.com. Send me a voice message. I love to hear from you. An email, a photo. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Get in touch. Until next time, happy days.